Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. That is not what I meant to happen. It's supposed to be end of the world as we know it, it sure by was. REM. All right, good, good. All right, good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning to the huddle. We are um, we're limping to start. It's a sad morning, man. Man, oh man, our tech is. It's okay. It's all good. You know what? This is exactly how I feel and how I felt last night after the <laughs> Gophers gave up a twenty-one to twenty-one zero lead to the Northwestern Wildcats. Um, if you're just waking up this morning and hearing this, I apologize that you're getting the news from me that the Gophers did indeed lose that game last night. Uh, Dave Schwartz alongside Pete Nigerian and Charlie Weiss. Great to have you this morning on the huddle. It is 10-10 on this. Uh, rather, uh, the weather's beautiful Sunday morning, but uh, inside your house, it's probably a little drearier. Pete, I, have, uh, I, I know we all have thoughts on this, and we'll probably talk about it multiple times uh, throughout the show today i want to make sure we give people the chance to chime in as well you know it always helps if you commiserate together uh when the <laughs> times get tough let's all chat we'll talk it out we'll get on the couch we'll, we'll, we'll just get through this uh cities one plumbing talking text line is six five one four six one nine two two six is this the worst loss of the pj fleck era pete is this the absolute bottom of the barrel there's got to be worse, doesn't there? I <laughs> I had to do some looking. I there, think, there is one obvious one, right? I think I had, yeah. the Bowling Green game. Bowling, I think, Green. Bowling Green was yeah. was worse, um, but but in the sense of you know score only, this was pretty bad. I, what were the Gophers were were pretty big favorites in this game, weren't double they? Digit. If I was yeah. it, they were a double digit favorite and. Basically, they just disappeared in the second half. There was the defense was was stout in the first half. Kaliak Manis was perfect, perfect mm-hmm. through the first half. Granted, he only had to throw eight times, but he was perfect. And then the second half came, and and I have thoughts, uh, but I I feel like Pete that um, up there, and, and I'm not going to go so far as to you know people want to drag PJ Fleck from his homes and bring him <laughs> to the town square and have him answer for his uh, transgressions. I'm not there. But this is a tough loss. This, this is this is a really bad loss. Yeah, it's it's one of those losses that I think um, will be affecting us throughout the rest of the year. And and the problem is, you know, you kick off the Big Ten. I know we played Nebraska already, but you kick off the Big Ten essentially after you know some of these other games and everything else, and you're you're going on the road first time, and you're going Northwestern, and you're a double digit favorite. Everybody's expecting that Northwestern because of the off season that they had. Um, it was going to be kind of a walk through the park, right? And first half, that's exactly what it looked like. Like you said, 
Callie McManus was great. Darius Taylor was unbelievable. The guy was averaging seven and a half yards a carry. We did everything we wanted to do. But, you know, there's a reason there's two halves. you got to show up in the second half yeah. as well, and we didn't. And, boy, I'll tell you, that kid who's the quarterback, he uh, he grew up right near me when I lived he in Chicago. Looked, he looked really good. I, I had not, And maybe that was from because the Gophers made him look good. <laughs> but about midway through the third, I'm like, how have I not heard more about this kid because he look Ben Bryant looks really good. He's yeah. legit. Maybe he's, he's not. Tra- he's a transfer from Cincy. Um, of course. He, he's had a long career. It's like all these guys now. I mean, guys are playing until they have gray beards for crying out loud. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's amazing. But he lit us up. Now, wasn't our strength our defensive backs? I mean, that's, that's what we've been told. That's yeah. what we've talked about. We've talked about Great corner play safeties. I know we've had some injuries as well, so I'm not I'm not saying we haven't had to deal with it, but everybody mm-hmm. has to deal with injuries. And yeah. you know, he lights us up for four hundred yards. No interceptions. Uh Which he had incredible. plenty of time to throw the ball. It it and and then he just uh, and he kept throwing to the same guy. You'd think the at some same point you'd guy. say <laughs> it was the same guy over yeah. and over. They could Bryce Kurtz. Yeah, and, and I mean, how much of those 396 yards came on that that drive where he scored the touchdown in the end? Yeah, uh, they, they just torched them, and I don't know if it was because they went into a no huddle, and, and maybe that was it. But I'll say this, Pete, and you know football way better than I ever will. But there were a couple. It this bothers me, and I know that this is fundamental for me. I hate punting. I don't like punting. <laughs> but at some point in this game, in the second half. You have to take a risk. You have got PJ has to show some faith in his offense. It was fourth and one, fourth and three, fourth and two. They punted every time. And you at some point you have to let this kid make a big play in that spot. Because if you don't, it's late in the game and he's got the pressure on. He's got to convert this and he and he overthrows uh Brevin Spanford. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I just they became predictable, and that's in the second half. And I don't – well, we can call it a, a coaching uh, deal because I do think it is. They became predictable. They were going to run on one, two. They were going to try to pass on three. And then if you got to fourth in anything, you knew they were going to punt. And any time you're predictable in football, you're done. You're done. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and and their defense stepped up. Our defense did not. They were mm-hmm. taking it to us, and, and we weren't really reacting. And to your point, sometimes you got to take a chance. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I know that it, we had the lead, but then it was slipping and slipping and slipping. And, you know, it's something where you've got to step up, and you've got to make some change, whatever that change is. And, and that's why you and I have talked about this, and I've always said this about who are the best coaches in football. In my opinion, they're the ones who figure out, are we able to run? Are we able to pass? Where are we going to have? A, and and you don't have to to sit there and try to play games. You play whatever they're giving you. And and I don't think we did a good job with that. And we allowed them to get back in the game. And yeah. it's you know offensively we did not do enough. So it, I mean we were running the ball, Dave. I, I I you know what did we have? Two hundred and fifty yards rushing in the first half. Pretty close. Or, or one hundred and fifty yards rushing yeah. in the first yeah. half. But. Uh, it's just amazing. You know, we, we finished out okay, but that second half, they were in command. They had the ball, and we didn't do enough to make sure that we could get that victory. And before you know, you know, when, when the momentum starts to turn like it yes. did, that gets ugly. And that's you how You could that, feel I, it. You yep. could feel it. My son and I were watching the game, and, and I'm just going that, that every momentum is theirs. The momentum yeah. is all theirs. 
And and when they punted late and gave him, or, or when they, you know, they and the little miss by uh, Quentin Redding, um, yes, that's a that's not a good play. And I, I know a lot of people are upset with him. And I'll, I'll say this: it's not popular, uh, but I I don't like railing on on kids. Mm-hmm. Quentin Redding, you know, that's a big spot. He got nervous. He he wasn't paying attention. The special teams coach probably should have reminded him. Maybe he did. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But but you got to get in the huddle. And go, okay, guys, just remember. We're going to drop this at the three. Make sure your your heels are on the end line and not in. And I don't know if they did. Maybe they didn't. But the bottom line is they they drove 80 yards and scored. The way they were playing, I don't know if it would have made a difference if they drove 100. Well, and and in college ball, too, you can be in the end zone and like jump up and hit it yeah. back. So, so he, being in the end zone wasn't necessarily a bad goal. It was just not hitting he, he it back. Just, he had a brain um, fart at yeah, a really yeah, bad time. And it happens, and, and we don't always see the mistakes. I tweeted it this morning. There's hundreds of mistakes made every football game. We just don't mm-hmm. see them all because you know, well, they happen elsewhere. But, but if you really – I'm going to be honest. I don't think it, they would have had an issue driving 100 yards or 1,000 no. yards the way they were playing. <laughs> well, here's the thing that bothers me most, and it, and it kind of goes back even to the Glenn Mason era, right, where we're kind of a – we're a team that's on the rise – uh, but then when we get there, we start to fall fast. And, and, and I, it re- reminds me a lot of some of those games over those years that you guys watched that, those football mm-hmm. games yeah. as well as I did. But take a look at the, at the conference record before we absolutely start to torch PJ. Uh, you know, you look at Glenn and Glenn did okay. Uh, you know, we, we remember some of the good times more so than the bad, but there was a lot of bad along the way and a lot of games where we second half, we completely just fell apart. And I, I even go back to the insight bowl that caused that whole thing mm-hmm. to sort of fall apart. Right. I, I look at what PJ's done. I think he's done a lot of great things. This was one of those games though, where this is a win. You, you yeah. go there, you take care of business and you leave and you get out of there and, and that's it. But we didn't. And obviously in my opinion, we were looking past this game because of who they were, what they yep. had done. And because of that, they're a decent football team. They're a good football team as far as, like you and I were talking about, the quarterback. And obviously that kid who looks like J.J. for whatever reason yeah. against he us. He looks like a Heisman hopeful all of a sudden. <laughs> Are you kidding? But they, they took it to us in the second half. And, you know, the, the, it, it's just amazing to watch something like that as you're watching it just fall apart. And that's that's really what we did. To give up 21 points in the fourth quarter, oh, are you yeah. kidding me? I mean, that's... To a team that I don't believe, did, did they score 21? I mean, they, they had some... In the first three games? <laughs> yeah, I don't think they even did. They, they, right. they beat down UTSA pretty good. Okay, so uh, that, yeah. 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 They, they, they I mean, it, it's... It's pretty brutal. Uh, we got some uh, text here on the City's One Plumbing Talking text line. We can keep them coming. 651-461-9226. One texture, Pete, says, need to hear if Pete thinks PJ is a keeper. You hanging on? Are we, are we dragging him from his house this morning and, and ripping up his contract? I'm not ready to do any of that kind of thing. I think that's an overreaction. I understand yes. the reaction, but I think yes. that's a little bit of an overreaction. Mm-hmm. But I would say, uh, you know, that – this is this is a team that that we had pride in. Okay, we're we're running the ball well, and and defensively we're, we've done well against the pass. We're done even better against the run, but we've had a little bit of some chinks in the armor, so to speak, in the secondary, and it really just illuminated on on yesterday. Yep. It's just amazing that we we fell like that. Now you get deeper into the season, we start to play obviously Big Ten ball like we mm-hmm. are. Uh, there's not a whole lot of room, though, that gets a little bit squeaky if this persists the way it, the way we looked yesterday. If we play like that, 
we won't win very many games, and that's a fact. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I remember a few weeks ago a guy came in and he he had me go through every game with him. Every do you remember game, that yeah, I do. And I came out with a. I said, "Well, we're probably six and six. This was one of the wins. This is one of the six on the win side. Mm-hmm. So uh, this has this is not good to start off essentially like this." Yeah, I want to I want to jump on on go, the PJ train real quick. And I'm not also at the point of calling for his head. I, I don't think <laughs> we're there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think you can step back and and take a look at at who he is and and what exactly he does well. And I just kind of wanted to to go through it because he's he's. I mean, I think we can all agree, very bad on the field, Coach. Just consistently on the field, not making great decisions. Um, picking coaches, a little middling. Recruiting, that's what everybody talks about P.J. Fleck, is how great of a recruiter he is. So, I, I mean, I looked at the last couple of years, 10th, 9th, 14th, 8th, 9th, 10th. That's just in the conference. Uh, at best, at best he's a middling recruiter occasionally getting a, a really high-end prospect like Rashad Bateman who's really the only one that pops to mind who really wanted to go up maybe considered elsewhere but ended up here yeah I, I'm just not sure what exactly he excels at that previous coaches did not excel at um, I, I don't know what that is yet. well I mean you, you, that's a good question I, I would say first and foremost from a business standpoint it's it's culture and, and what he's how he's elevated this program simply because of who he is and how he runs things. And there's different ways to define success in college football. The most important one is wins, obviously. But elevating your team to a team that is talked about regularly because of who he, who he is and how he does things, I think, is important. I mean, you, did, you don't have to look very far to see. When the Gophers play at home, that stadium's usually pretty packed still, and it has been for a long time. Look at Northwestern last night. And that was the saddest storming of the field I have ever seen. <laughs> I have seen more people rush the field in a peewee football game. No one is talking about that program other than today when they beat the Gophers. But mm-hmm. in terms of measuring and wins and losses, he's brought this team to being ranked mm-hmm. at times. I actually – so I, I know Bowling Green is the one that everybody thinks of, but I'll, I'll take a different page here. Mm-hmm. Remember the game where they were ranked and they went down to Iowa? I was at that game, and everybody, like, here they go. We're going to beat Iowa. This is going to be it. And I remember walking away going, oh, that was just disgusting. (laughs) Iowa storms the field. I I mean, to me, that was almost as disappointing as last night because you thought there was a chance that finally we were going to prove some people wrong and say, yep, this program has made it. It's a a Big Ten power now. We just beat Iowa. And (laughs) and they got their doors blown in. So disappointing in different ways, I'll say. But I I think – that one is the one that comes to my mind. Yeah, uh, that that one is a big one. Uh, there's a couple of different games against Maryland where we were favored by a lot and uh, we collapsed, and that yeah. wasn't good. But you know, and that's where it bothers me, and it's where I think you're dead right, Dave, when you talk about uh, coaching, because you know it it oftentimes kind of comes down to okay, how did you manage that game? Mm-hmm. Did did you do everything right? Did you collapse? In other words, did you give up the 21 points in the fourth quarter? Uh, those are the things that you can't have happen. And I think that, you know, those, the, the very best coaches don't lose that way. They might be in a dogfight the whole game mm-hmm. and lose, but you, you don't collapse and give up 21 in the yeah. fourth. That's just, you can't do it. A couple great texts here really quickly before we head to break. John says, I'm a believer in the Gopher football team. Under P.J. Fleck, there have been some big wins. However, there have been too many in-game errors and poor coaching decisions in winnable games. I am losing faith in Coach Fleck, which I think is a really good a good point, and I agree 
We've talked about that, some of the coaching decisions. And another that says, Gophers are a team that play not to lose. Pass up on a 55-yard field goal in the first quarter, take a knee when a quick pass might have set up another long field goal. I agree with that. I, I do think that, especially in that second half, it was a it, it was almost like you might as well just play a prevent defense. And yeah. we all know that prevent defense only prevents you from winning. I mean, it was just <laughs> it, it, they just that 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 texture says it perfectly, Pete. They just played not to lose. A lot of yeah. cowardly play calling in the, yeah. in the PJ Fleck era. A lot of cowardly playing. Well, and, all right, and guys, yeah, go ahead. Oh, the, the last, last thing word. I'll say because oh. I know we got a break, but the, right. it, it's amazing to me that sometimes we'll go for a fourth and one from our own twenty, but we won't go for a fourth yes. and one on the other twenty. You know, it's yep. it's stuff like that that confuses you, and it's you know it makes it tough to figure out well what is this what 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 is the tact we're taking, and that's yeah. that's bothersome. And and we have I have a lot more to say on this. I know we all do, so we'll probably revisit this again later on in the show. Uh, we're going to take a quick break though. The Vikings do play today. They take on the Chargers. Uh, are we going to see Cam Akers today? I will ask that of Matt Collar coming up next. You're listening to The Huddle on 830 WCCO. There it is. There it is. So great. It is the end of the world. Well, we'll see. We'll see if the Vikings win or lose today. That will uh, dramatically decide how to cap off this weekend. Dave Schwartz, Pete Nigerian, Charlie Weiss, great to have you with us this morning on The Huddle. Joining us now from PurpleInsider.com is our good friend Matthew Collar, who was chirping me on Twitter last night when I said there's no way to sugarcoat this loss. It's really bad. And he said, hot take alert. Uh, good morning, Matthew. <laughs> yeah, I hope you're bringing the fire again this morning by pointing out this bad <laughs> loss, Dave. I mean, that's, that's good content right there. That's what they pay me the big bucks for, buddy. Um let me ask you, Matt, before we get started, uh, joining us in the John Schuster Colwell Banker Hotline this morning, uh, chances that Cam Akers sees the field today and dresses, what are your thoughts? Is he going to be in or not? We're hearing kind of maybe, maybe probably not, though. Yeah, so Kevin O'Connell said uh, unlikely, I think, was the word that he used. I mean, it is pretty tough for somebody to show up on a Wednesday and play on a Sunday. Not impossible, though. I mean, I, I, he might have been playing coy. I mean, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get the inactives here shortly. I tend to think that for somebody like him who's coming from uh, a Rams offense that greatly influenced Kevin O'Connell right. and that a lot of the verbiage is the same, and considering the position, and no disrespect to our running back friends, it does take uh, IQ and preparation and everything else for uh, to be a running back. But, you know, if there's any position, you could just toss somebody out there and have them run the ball a few times, probably running back. So I, I'll, be, I'll be very interested to see. And, you know, I think that in a way they, they do need him active. I mean, uh, him and Dalton Reisner because, you know, the season's on the line here. Um, you know, if you go 0-3 and, and then you just got these two guys that are supposed to help you, um, it's not completely over at 0-3, but you sort of go like, all right, well, what was the point? I mean, you needed these guys kind of yesterday. You know what I mean? So I'll be, I'll be interested. My guess is that Reisner is a backup for today and that we don't see Cam Akers, but – um, you know, I'll be I'll be interested to see if that does happen. I'm going to break in here. Ben Gessling is reporting that he is inactive. Can't make interesting. It. See, I just I I don't I'm with you, Matt. I don't like that. Why go get him on a Wednesday and just I mean, how hard is it? Take the ball and just run forward. I mean, you can't. You know, like just play. I don't I don't understand why he's inactive for today. But that's that's uh, my own that's my own problem, Pete. Yeah, Matthew, I I got a question for you on this whole topic of the running backs. Uh, do the do the Vikings show any kind of um, anything about how they're looking at things on the fact that we didn't really do enough probably to keep 
Del- uh, Delvin around. I mean, I, and here's why I say that our running we're, our running game right now we're averaging 34 yards per game. I, that's not very impressive in the first couple of weeks. And then you look at the charges on the other hand, they're almost 150 yards. So what is it that we are doing so wrong? And have have the, is the analysis of the running back position was that something that they really screwed up on? And this Cam Akers could be a help, but uh, is that enough? Yeah, I think where the screw-up might have been, I mean, there's two things. Uh, I mean, number one is uh, not having another option. I mean, going into it with Ty Chandler, who was completely unproven, Ken A. Wongu gets hurt in training camp, and then, you know, they brought in someone like Kareem Hunt. They brought in, I think, Mike Davis, and nothing happened. And it's similar to the Dalton Reiser situation, you kind of were like, well, why did you bring these guys in you know, when you needed them and you weren't going to sign them? And then you wait until it's obviously gone way wrong sign them like maybe maybe you should have just done that when you brought those guys in for a visit so there's no counter punch if madison's not working there's no other person to go to the other big issue is along the offensive line which i think has been the main problem to the running game that they've just been dominated in the trenches in the first two weeks and part of it is that they've had backup offensive linemen like there's no describing the difference between christian derisaw and Oli udo or david questenberry i mean that's going from one of the best players in the entire nfl to like just a guy who's kind of barely in the league. And then, you know, your center is a huge part of it too as well. I mean, Garrett Bradbury has not always been the best at uh, pass blocking, but he's always been a terrific run blocker. So you're playing without two of your best run blockers. And what I saw looking back at the game was a lot of plays just being blown up from the outset. And then we know the right guard position is not good at all. So, I mean. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there
there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Yeah, at that point, you're talking about like four offensive linemen that are struggling and one good one at right tackle. That's hard to run against good fronts. So th- today we'll see. I mean, it doesn't look like they're going to have Garrett Bradbury. That is still a huge problem for them, but they get Derisaw back. And I don't think that this Chargers front is anywhere close to the last mm-hmm. two that they've faced, especially in the middle where they were going up against Jordan Davis and uh, Vita Vea. Like, the, the Chargers don't have any players like that. Matthew Collar joining us in the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Uh, Matthew, Jordan Addison through the first two games has shown some uh, explosion. I like what I've seen. Uh, you know, he's, he gets open, he gets some separation. Has he moved into that two spot? I mean, is he really kind of, other than, you know, taking Hawkinson out, is, is he that solid number two now behind Justin Jefferson? Yeah, I mean, I've been so impressed with Jordan Addison from really day one. Um, I mean, I know he went really fast to get to training camp. Maybe he was just excited. Uh, and uh, but once he got there, so, you know, everybody was concerned, like, is this guy going to have maturity issues or whatever else? But then once he got into the flow of things, I mean, he was just great from day one. Uh, I mean, took first team reps from the very start, made great catches on a daily basis. Uh, you could see the route running, the ability to get separation, and then make plays on the ball. I mean, that's showed up in these first couple of games. And, I, I mean, he has star potential. Um, but I also think that when it comes to this situation particularly, it really is a – day-to-day, game-to-game type of who's wide receiver, too. Uh, because you might have a game where K.J. Osborne gets seven catches for 150 yards because he's just the guy that was left open with the way that they were covering Justin Jefferson. It's like Justin Jefferson is the sun, and everybody else are, uh, you know, the other planets kind of orbiting around him. And whoever happens to be around uh, and available is going to get the ball. So sometimes that might be Jordan Addison on a deep ball that goes for, you know, 60 yards, or it might be, the, the short game, you know, they might be playing deep and try to take that away. So it might be K.J. Osborne getting quick passes. It might be T.J. Hawkinson getting 10 catches like he did in the playoff game against the Giants. I, I, so I don't think that, like, there's really a wide receiver, too. I think it's Jefferson and then everybody else, and however the defense is playing is going to dictate that. But, I mean, the, the returns early are extremely, extremely good on Jordan Addison. You know, and, and I think that's great, Matthew. I really, truly do. But our offense was never our problem last year. I don't think it's going to be our problem this year. And I think it continues to be the defense that, uh, for whatever reason, that's the elephant in the room. Nobody ever talks about it, right? I mean, the little bit of talk and a little bit of chatter about it, they, you know, they go into the defensive side and they say, well, this guy might be hurt. I think he's going to get a little bit better. I just look at our defense and feel like, you know what, we can't really stop the run very well. We're not all that great against the pass. We're putting up, people are putting up 27 points a game on us. What is it about the defense? Is there any hope, do you think, that our defense improves? Because we're right there right now, near the very bottom once again. Yeah, I mean, I, I would accuse you of defensive bias there, Pete, but yeah, I don't <laughs> think that's actually the case. I mean, that's that, that's truly the thing. I, I was just, you know, talking to somebody this morning about how this team kind of reminds me of when Matthew Stafford would throw for 5,000 yards and they would go 6-10 because they had just <laughs> terrible defenses and no running game, and it kind of feels that way. And, you know, I, the, the, the big thing for me is on the defensive side, and this is no disrespect to Daniel Hunter, who's a great player, but there is nobody who terrifies you on this Vikings defense if you're the opposing team. 
when you go in and say, you know, Micah Parsons is going to blow up our game plan or Sauce Gardner or Deion Sanders or Chris Dolman or Charles Haley or whatever, you know, there's no, there's no player that you say, we don't know how to stop this guy. We don't know how to slow this guy down. And when I look at the defensive line, they do not have a nose tackle. They have a 290-pound three-technique who's a good run stuffer trying to play nose tackle. Uh, you know, so they're trying to put the best 11 on the field, which is like five safeties. <laughs> and I think, it, I think it's really a personnel issue. I mean, I think Brian Flores is trying to push a lot of buttons. But the other thing is, too, when you don't have Marcus Davenport, he's a 275-pound defensive end, kind of like a throwback guy who can you know, do a little bit of everything and, and be a force but he's not playing. And so the, the drop-off from Davenport's talent to Patrick Jones or DJ Wanham is just absolutely massive. And that's, that's always been the issue with this team going into the season was, are they going to have any depth? If anybody gets hurt, it's going to be pretty ugly. And I think what we're seeing is going to be pretty ugly. I, the, only, the only plus side is that the secondary hasn't been a disaster, so you might be able to survive if teams don't <laughs> stick with the run. You know, if teams don't stick with the run like Philly, then you might be able to survive. But I, I think it's going to be a rough ride all season long. Well, should be a fun one today. Matthew Collar, PurpleInsider.com. Appreciate you, buddy. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Matthew. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. I'll have more hot takes for you later on today, I promise. Stay, uh, stay tuned. Uh, really quickly, before we head to break, Charlie just dropping this one to me that uh, J.C. Jackson is healthy and active today uh, per Tom Pelissero for the Chargers. That, that's a big deal. I, I've been thinking all week, Pete, like, I think J.J.'s had really two really good weeks. I think today's a day that he just absolutely explodes because I don't know how they're going to stop him. I really don't. Well, and, and I tell you, the greatest line ever today so far, at least, is, uh, is Matthew saying it hasn't been a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, if that's that, the best thing you can say. If that's the best we could say about our defense, yep. we should expect the same, <laughs> same play yeah, this year, I guess. That's the truth, man. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. Come back. We'll do the fast break next. You're listening to 830 WCCO. Welcome back to the huddle. We're going to push uh, fast break to the second hour. So you'll have to come back and join us then. Uh, we uh, just have too much stuff to talk about here, Pete, uh, early on. Uh, you were in Vegas having a great time. First of all, <laughs> did you finish on the plus? Do you, are, you a, are you a better, are you a gambler much or not? You know what? I, 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 no, not really. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy everything about it, but I do enough of that during the day already. So. And I can tell you the financial community doesn't like to hear that, but it's true. I, yeah. I said to I said to many guys over the years, I say, you know, when we put down a bet and they say it's not a bet, I go, it actually kind of is. I said mm-hmm. it's it's no different. I said there's nothing that's absolute about it, so it's it's very much the same. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, a <laughs> lot of fun. It was a lot of fun out there. Yeah, a lot of football. I was we were talking a little bit in the break here about some of the other games uh, that we were watching yesterday. I was actually in, on two screens last night watching Gophers, but also watching. Uh, Arkansas LSU, which was a phenomenal game uh, of two really good quarterbacks. LSU uh, won uh, on a very close uh, game. They won in a, uh, on a field goal. But I was really impressed with Jaden Daniels. And I, I know that he got a little bit of pub uh, throughout the season, but he had four touchdowns last night. I, I mean, and I know he's small, but, man, he not only can he sling it, he is fast. He is yeah. really fast. His size may keep him from being uh, really good on Sundays, um, but I like, I kind of like his skill set. I mean, he, he could move. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's 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 special. I, I think what I'm most impressed with, and I, yesterday I had a great opportunity. I would never do this to my wife if she was with me. She wasn't. So I watched like 18 hours of football yesterday. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I was on the plane coming back. I'm still watching games or repeats of games and everything, and mm-hmm. it was great. But I still stand by this, Dave. The Pac-12 is the best Pac-12 and best conference in the country right now. And I say that because when you think about it, Take a look at Washington. They are good on both sides of the ball, and that that quarterback who transferred from Indiana, who's been there, Michael Penix, has been unbelievable. And and so when you when you see them, and then you see Oregon just completely dismantle Colorado, who by the way, they won three national titles in the first three weeks. Three. I don't know if everyone, yeah, you didn't three. believe in them. Nobody no, believed. People, yeah, they're coming. They're coming somewhere, but I don't know where it is. That's, but they're, well. <laughs> They're yeah. not coming for the Pac-12 title, but the, the way that that could have been seventy to nothing, it really could have. And 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 Charlie and I were going back and forth, and I I threw out fifty-five seventeen, and he and he goes, uh, you might be giving Colorado too much yeah. credit." <laughs> All right, so now I'm looking I'm looking on a, a website here, and I I, yeah. I know we said that the AP top twenty-five isn't out yet, but it, it's looking like it. I I don't know. I don't know because it says it still has Colorado in there, which I, I like. You said I think is ridiculous because Oregon just just dismantled them. And yeah. you know we all let, let's talk about the elephant in the room. We were all rooting against uh, Colorado, which. But here's what I'll say, okay? Win or lose, we were all watching the game, and yeah. everybody was interested in that game. I was watching the CBS uh, 60 Minutes last Sunday night. The interview with uh, with Deion Sanders, which is which was phenomenal, and I don't remember who the reporter is, but he really uh, he didn't hold anything back. But they said something in that story that was really interesting, and that, you know they have the president of the institution up there, and he's smiling ear to ear. Of course he is, because this has just been unbelievable for their school. They've won win all of last season, but their merchandise sales for for Colorado football oh. gear guess guess what percentage it's up from last year? Oh, God. Just take be- a stab. Is it four digits? Is it a thousand percent? It's three digits, but you're oh. close. Eight hundred percent. Oh boy! Merchandise is up over last year. Yeah. I mean, if he doesn't win another game this year, they already got their money's worth. Oh, yeah. and, and that's this, which is so ridiculous and so crazy about the situation is that he doesn't even have to win to be successful. Because you're ta- everyone's talking, everyone's watching, everyone's buying. It's amazing. Which is why we were all talking at the break, but it's why I absolutely fell in love with the the Oregon coach's you know pregame speech, and 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 it led into that, Dave. Because here's the thing: I was the first guy on the Dion bandwagon. I really was. When they hired mm-hmm. him, I said, "God, that's a great hire," because this guy's smart. He knows what he's doing with football and blah blah blah. But he has created something that is bigger than what they really are. And even though they made all these changes and they have 84 new players and all the great things that everybody's so excited about, they weren't the team that everybody thought they were. And yet you had the rock and you had everybody in their corner going, Oh yeah, this is the greatest thing ever, you know, and they were pubbing this whole program and that's okay. You know, they're friends and all the rest of it. But the reality is there was no reality. They beat a bad TCU team, a a pretty awful Nebraska team. You know, when you started looking at that Colorado state, are they, first of all, they're like you and I talked about last week, 
no, most people can't figure out even what conference they're in. Right, and, right. That and they've never good. heard of them. And, so, and they know, almost go, lost to them last year. <laughs> they almost lost. Had to go to overtime. Right? And meanwhile, they go out to Oregon. And by the way, and I brought this up on Twitter, you know, they did what they criticized Nebraska for doing. They said they were disrespected because mm-hmm. they walked on top of the, you know, in the middle of the stadium. And it's like, really? Seems like your players, they were, were caught Did doing the, same the exact same thing. So yep. why is that disrespect different than the other disrespect? I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that there are two sides. You know, there's so many sides to this whole thing, and they're never wrong, right? Well, but yeah. when that coach went into the locker room and he said what he said to his team, yep. it was one of the great, great lines. It was a Lou Holtz-style line who kind of put his foot in his mouth this week too but anyway there's a lot going on in college football Dave. there was it was a great speech and, and very very dion-esque right uh let's take a quick break we're running long we'll come back let's get to some of these texts on the cities and plumbing talking text line as well uh we'll talk some college football and some more gophers when we get back you're listening to the huddle welcome back to the huddle approaching the end of hour number one let's hit the cities one plumbing talking text line um i really like this one tweet uh, pete you guys said something profound. Oh, I think that's the first time anyone's ever said that. <laughs> Not for P- you, but for me. <laughs> uh, I don't know, buddy. PJ can recruit, but a very bad game day coach isn't game day the most important aspect. Ultimately, if you can't win when you should, doesn't that trickle down to recruiting since these kids want to hitch themselves to a wagon mm. that will get them to the NFL? Uh, I mean, good point. And, well, good and, point. and my point, though, was that he can't really recruit either. Uh, yeah, well, he's a bad game day coach. Uh, the, the recruits he's gotten have been coached up, but they're not exactly world-beating recruits based on rankings. And we all thought, you know, he was going to have these incredible ranked recruits. And it's pretty much been Rashad Bateman, uh, Darius Taylor, and that's about it. Well, and recruiting is very chicken or the egg, right? I mean, you got to win to get good recruits, but you got to get good recruits to win. And so that's it, it's always it's a it's a difficult dance. It's, which is first, you know. Yep. Uh, yesterday's loss was inexcusable. Blame goes to Fleck and his staff, but to say that Fleck's recruiting is middling also says that he's in the middle, I guess. It says that he's a, a bad in-game coach. Doesn't make sense. Okay? Uh, one, everyone wants to talk about Coach Prime. <laughs> coach Prime's start at Colorado is very similar to the exuberance that we had here in Minnesota with Lou Hoax. Hmm. Lou Hoax. Not true. I don't care. What the, I'm gonna, there you go. I'll Take fight it. that one all day long. Man. Take it. Let me tell you this. Lou Holtz came in to a 1-10 football team that was far worse than the Colorado's 1-10 football team. And I say that because we were absolutely one of the worst teams to ever be on a field. And that was because, unfortunately, our head coach panicked, fired the staff, hired a new staff. And the next thing you know, we put together a junior college team out there playing for the University of Minnesota. That changed the day Lou Holtz got here. Mm -hmm. And he recruited. He brought in guys like Ricky Foggy. He brought in plenty of different players from different parts of the country that we weren't really reaching before. And within two years, we're playing Clemson in the Independence Bowl and beat them. And uh, the turnaround was unbelievable. Had he stayed here, I still say this, had had Lou stayed here, we'd have four Rose Bowls uh, during his run. I love that. I love it. We'll be back. Hour number two coming at you in a few minutes. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? 
Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.